pod people, you are listening to The Universe Unhinged, your weekly news for all things bizarre. I'm Chris. And I'm Liz. Hello, creepy pod people. You are listening to The Universe Unhinged, Halloween edition, week two. Join us this week as Liz shares the terrifying story behind trick-or-treating and how parents came to be paranoid of candy their kids were receiving on Halloween night. And now, enjoy the show. Well, hello, hello. Well, hello. Long time no talk. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. It feels like it was only just minutes before we did our last podcast. (laughs) It feels like it. Time is such a weird thing. It really is. (laughs) So we have spooky season upon us, as everybody knows. And one of the things that for some reason people love to do at Halloween time is hang out in graveyards. Are you one of those people? (laughs) Uh, yeah. I I feel like I I don't go to enough graveyards, to be honest. (laughs) Are you being serious? <laughs> yeah, I am actually. <laughs> I'm saddened by how little I go. Like I would I am it makes me sad. Like I'm missing out on something in life. I honestly don't know if you're joking or not. Actually <laughs> <laughs> being totally serious. I'm not even kidding you. I there was when I lived in Michigan, there was like three graveyards that I would frequent often. I would ride my bike through them. I would just go and like wander around and look at the tombstones. And I just, you know, since I moved to Nashville, there's just no good graveyards here. No offense <laughs> to the the dead. Rest in peace, Nashville. But they just don't do it like they do back in Michigan. Lucky for you, I have a list. I have a list of the okay. 11 most haunted cemeteries in America. <laughs> Ooh. So if you're interested in traveling... Um, Feel free and explore the wonderful natures of our graveyard cemeteries at Halloween time. Oh, I like <laughs> it. Number one is very close to where I live in Baltimore, Maryland. In the lovely mm-hmm. Westminster Hall and burying ground of Baltimore, Maryland, you will discover the Presbyterian Church. The le- there is a legend that states that a minister was murdered here, and every night at the same time, his skull would start screaming. Eventually, his body was dug up and the skull gagged before being encased in a concrete block that now stands by his gravestone. According to the locals, it is still possible to hear the muffled screaming on quiet nights. Edgar Allan Poe is also buried here, but he seems to be at rest. That's where we went. We did see his grave. Mm -hmm. One of the best times of my life. That was awesome. It really was. It was a lot of fun. All right. Number two on the most haunted cemeteries of the U.S., Union Cemetery in Easton, Connecticut. Union mm. Cemetery is a lovely place to visit this time of year, and it dates back to the 1600s, so it is not difficult to imagine it is haunted. The cemetery is also known locally as White Lady Cemetery after its most prevalent ghosts. I feel like I'm promoting like this beautiful, wonderful <laughs> place like to travel to. <laughs> yeah. Get your tickets to Get Connecticut today. Get your tickets today. now. <laughs> <laughs> this lady in white is said to roam the cemetery at night and will sometimes venture beyond its gates and onto the road. Several drivers have reported hitting her with their vehicle, only for her to disappear promptly. She is not alone in haunting Union Cemetery, however, as there have also been reports of glowing red eyes peering at them from out of the darkest corners. Ooh. <laughs> 
Number three, we have Bon Adventure Cemetery in Savannah, Georgia. This historic southern city on our trip to America's real haunted cemeteries, Savannah is one city that is incredibly proud of its ghosts. It is only to be expected that they have their own haunted cemetery, complete with a chilling tale to tell. The most famous that is said to be roaming Bon Adventure Cemetery is Savannah is Gracie Watson. A little girl who died of pneumonia at just six years old. Not only has little Gracie been spotted playing between the tombstones, but the statue of her by her grave has also been known to cry tears of blood on occasion. Feel free to roam the grounds and see if you spot little Gracie. Next, number four is Resurrection Cemetery in Justice, Illinois. It's an incredibly creepy place to be. Even the name conjures up spooky ideas. The most famous haunting here relates to a spirit known as Resurrection Mary. Mary was a young girl killed in a hit-and-run accident sometime in the 1930s. Witnesses say that she can now be seen walking the same street where she was killed and that she sometimes hitches a ride back to the cemetery with young male drivers who are shocked when she vanishes from their car as they near the cemetery gates. So... Men out there, be careful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number five. <For> once. Yeah. <laughs> Number five, <laughs> Howard Street Cemetery in Salem, Massachusetts. This famous Salem, Massachusetts is famous for one thing, and we all know what that is, the witch trials. In the late 1600s, speculation was rife about who was and who wasn't practicing dark magic. One of those accused was a wealthy farmer named Giles Corey. He was accused of being a warlock and was tortured to death during this so-called trial. Corey is seeking revenge for his untimely death and is said to haunt Howard Street Cemetery and the surrounding area. This would make perfect sense given that he is buried here in Howard Street Cemetery but is also the spot where he died as a result of pressing. He is believed to specifically target sheriff's officers perhaps as they are the closest thing to the witch finders we have today. Corey's ghost has also come to be harbinger of tragedy. Whenever his ghost is seen around town, it is usually directly before something tragic occurs. Number six, Hollywood Forever, LA, California. Plenty of deceased stars call this place their final resting place, and it even shares a wall with Paramount Studios. Among the famous faces that are still roaming around is Rudolph Valentino. His ghost has been seen wandering around the area, looking every bit as handsome as he did before his unexpected death in 1926. Every year, a mysterious lady in black visited his gates on the anniversary of his death. It is said that she still visits now, albeit in the spirit form. Alright, number seven, Silvercliff Cemetery in Colorado. Another one of the most haunted graveyards in the country is said to be Silvercliff Cemetery. However, it is not a ghostly apparition that this place is famous for, but rather the Silver Cliff Lights. These ghost lights look like blue lantern lights or blue-white spheres. They appear over the cemetery gates at night and then float through the burial ground, bouncing off the tombstones. And number eight, we have Stall Cemetery in Kansas. Are you looking to travel? So are you? Did I, did I got you rearing up to now travel some to... Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Stahl Cemetery in Kansas is considered to many to serve as one of the gates to hell. There have been ghost stories linked to this place for hundreds of years. One of the haunting's focal points seems to be an abandoned church that stands right next to the graveyard. Many people have had strange experiences when entering the church, including being grabbed by unseen hands 
On one occasion, the Pope himself refused to fly over what he called a demonic piece of land. Local legend suggested this has always been an evil place and that the church was constructed to cover the gateway. However, it became a meeting point for witches and Satanists to gather and hold rituals after the church was closed. So come on down, folks, to good old Kansas. <laughs> Number nine, St. Louis Cemetery in New Orleans. Anyone who knows anything about New Orleans knows that you can barely take a step without running into something with a paranormal twist to it. One of the oldest cemeteries in America is also it is also incredibly haunted so much so that it is regarded as one of the world's most haunted cemeteries most believe that much of the activity reported here could be attributed to the fact that notorious voodoo queen maria laval is one of the 100,000 people buried there with thousands of tourists flocking to the graveyard each year, it's undoubtedly one of the most famous haunted cemeteries on the list. Number 10, we got two more. Number 10, Boot Hill Cemetery in Tombstone, Arizona, has become okay. known simply as Boot Hill. The burial ground is undoubtedly not well cared for, and the strange overground look about the place only seems to add to the spooky reputation. Those who have dared to go exploring Boot Hill have described seeing very unfriendly spirits around the place. It is believed that many of those buried here have links to the gunfight at the o OK Corral involving the Earp Brothers, Doc Holliday, and the Clinton Gang. And last but not least, we have number 11, Bachelors Grove Cemetery in Illinois. Sorry, it doesn't look like there's any haunted cemeteries around you, Liz. But, Aww, see, I said. <laughs> Bachelors Grove Cemetery in Illinois is not only considered to be one of the most haunted cemeteries in America, but some would go as far as to say that it is one of the most haunted cemeteries in the world. The burial ground is tucked away in the middle of a creepy forest and looks spooky enough based only on its appearance. However, once you get into the ghostly tales connected to this place, you soon realize that there are even more reasons why this cemetery creeps you out. It was once used as a dumping ground for 1930s gangsters to leave their victims, and some of them have been seen wandering around the cemetery. Many Ooh. visitors have reported seeing unexplained things during visits to the cemetery, with one of the most common sightings of a ghostly woman sitting on the tombstone. And there you have it, folks, the most haunted cemeteries in America. <laughs> Go out, Woo! find them, and tell us all about them, because I ain't going there. <laughs> so do you ever walk around uh like graveyards has that ever been a thing for you no <laughs> really no that's crazy i truly thought that that was like i would have thought that you would have been like oh yeah all the time no. or like yeah anytime i see one i'll go in one no that is that's not, interesting not my thing nope huh <laughs> interesting very very interesting now i do I like i i do find them I don't want to say fascinating. <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. But they're yeah. definitely creepy. Now, like, um, some of them can be very beautiful, too. Mm -hmm. Because the one yeah. that Grandma was buried at in Michigan, did you ever go there? It had, like, a pond. Yeah, yeah okay, we would go there, feed the yeah. ducks, have a picnic, stuff like that. No, not Grandma. It was it was Deverin, or Aunt Deverin. So yes. Grandma's daughter. Yes, exactly. Yep. But yeah, so we would go there and feed the ducks and have a picnic and yep. walk around and that was lovely, but 
I don't know. At nighttime? Ugh, we've done graveyard tours in, in Ipsy too, and we just used to, the, most of them are locked at night, so you can't get into them. Uh -huh. But there was one that just had like a chain that we would go into at night, and you could just hop right over the chain. Um, yeah, it's, it's very peaceful. A little spooky, but mostly just like peaceful. So you, I think. you didn't see any, like, hands popping out of the grave? You didn't turn into, like, mm -hmm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer or anything? No, sadly. I think at one point in college, <laughs> I even took a Ouija board out to um, uh. Uh, a graveyard with friends, and nothing happened. And I actually did that in a park. It may have been a graveyard with Dylan's dad and his brother. And again, nothing happened. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. I'm just not a I'm just not a magnet for the for the spiritual or for the 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 Count spooky. Lucky. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, I just wanted to share a little bit of hauntings well, around thank you. around our lovely US, so Okay. Well, I'm surprised. Also, I'll say I'm surprised Gettysburg wasn't on there. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Gettysburg. Yeah. I would have thought that just with all the deaths there from the war, that that, and with Jenny Wade, mm. um, there's just a lot of that. I, I'm, you know, just surprising. But yeah, we'll be going to the Jenny Wade house very shortly, and we'll have to report, I know. report on that. So, <laughs> so excited! Literally, just so excited for that. That'll be Cannot fun. Wait. Okay, well, without further ado, I think I'll go ahead and share my. Uh, Halloween tale with you. Whoop, whoop. So you have a son, at least as far as I know, you have a son. Uh, last time I checked, <laughs> yeah. yes. Last time you checked, okay. <laughs> when he trick-or-treats, do you inspect the candy after to make sure like it hasn't been tampered with or that like it's okay for him to eat? Yes. <laughs> you do? Okay, yes. Now, okay. <laughs> I don't go this far. It's kind of <laughs> comical but dan's dad gets out like um is it a magnet or something shut up no he doesn't i think he did didn't he was there last year he did it i think and he oh, goes over it gosh. with it now, i don't know if he's doing it to be i honestly can't tell sometimes with him is he doing it just to be funny <laughs> or is he doing it because he really thinks that there's i don't know i really Girl. don't know but oh, I will check to make sure that there's no, at least nothing is opened. Yes, you know what I mean? Like, fair. if there's, like, an open fair. candy bar, of course I'm like, no, don't eat that. Yes, totally fair. Um, and can I, can I just, can I say something real quick? Yes, at this please. store, the store that I was working at, that I do sometimes still work at, I'm not going to say where it's at, but this specific store um, at the checkout registers... One time I was, I had a woman, I was standing there and a woman, I was checking her out and she went to get a piece of candy out of it for me to scan. And she goes, um, this has a pin in it. And I'm like, what? And I looked at it. It was like one of those Ghirardelli chocolate balls or something. Mm -hmm. There was yeah. a, like a pin. Somebody had actually pushed a pin down into it. Like a okay, long is... pin. So then we had to go through and check all the candy, and we found another one that had a pin oh shoved down into it. So we ended up tossing Whoa. all the candy at the registers, because really, we're not taking that chance. <laughs> okay, wow. That's almost more more terrifying than my story. <laughs> um, okay, well, that's it. That's all we got for the show today. <laughs> See Good you luck folks. sleeping. Good night. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that is 
horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Well, okay. That <laughs> is, aside from that, well, let me, I'm, so like you've heard the whole stories though of like, I remember going trick-or-treating and being like, like, like I think mom used to like check my candy yeah. and it being like a thing. Like, oh my gosh. And I remember hearing like, Razor blades and candies and Chicken like drugs bones and candies. was a and... thing because I remember going trick or treating with like Melissa and Shauna when we were growing up. And in their neighborhood, somebody had put like chicken bones or something in the back. I don't know. It was something weird to that fact. Chicken bones? They put yeah. chicken bones in the bag? Like the hand? I don't remember. <laughs> I honestly, <laughs> I just remember something about chicken bones in the candy, in the, in the bag. I don't know. Chicken bones. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, your Halloween, your, your candy Halloween experiences have been are quite alarming uh, but not so alarming as this story okay. that I have for you right. because I'm going to actually share with you the story of where the whole conversation and fear behind the candy that your kids get on Halloween this whole fear around it where it first started in the first case okay um, so and really I mean this is like a really huge story there's a plot twist Hmm. And it, I mean, it's so big that it literally, I mean, it haunts our Halloween today and how we do Halloween. It, it, it this story is really where, you know, why we check our candy. But yeah, why okay. we check your candy? Why Bailey's getting his candy metal detected <laughs> after? You know, <laughs> this is the story that did that to us. <laughs> okay. So our story takes place in Deer Park, <laughs> Texas. Um, we're gonna start two weeks now. Uh, it's two weeks before Halloween, and it's 1974. What a time to be a kid on Halloween, if I may just uh, say. 1974. Wow. Uh, sounds like it would be great. Or like, even any time in the 80s, I would think, too. T- totally. Yeah. yeah, I think you're totally right. I just feel like it would be so vibrant. Like, everyone would be 100% committed to yeah. it. Okay, so but 1974, Deer Park, Texas. This is where Timothy O'Brien and his little sister Elizabeth were uh, living, they were totally stoked for Halloween. It's right around the corner, we're two weeks out. Such a special time for kids, you know? And their father, Ronald, he was even getting in the spirit this Halloween. He was known for being like a little annoyed around this time of year, wasn't like a festive kind of guy, didn't really like Halloween in particular. Uh, But he was feeling really spirited. He got Timothy like, a really sweet, I looked at the photo of it, it's just like a very sweet Planet of the Apes costume. It's like one of the like the main apes from the first uh-huh. Planet of the Apes movie. Um, so like got his kid a costume, his kid was feeling really excited to celebrate. Um, and you know, Ronald, the dad, he had some stuff to be excited about. He had recently spoken to his friend, Jim, about buying a home. So some good stuff was on the horizon. A week before Halloween, Ronald, he made some plans with his friend, Jim for him and his kids to have dinner at Jim's house on Halloween night. Jim and his wife, their two kids, so Elizabeth and Timothy, um, we're gonna go over to their house, spend time, eat dinner with Jim and their two kids, uh, but only one of Jim's kids was old enough to go out trick-or-treating. So we're all gonna go out. Um, after dinner, the mom stayed behind with one of the little kids while the dads took the kids trick-or-treating. So they went trick-or-treating in Jim's neighborhood, which is Pasadena, Texas. This is like a really nice neighborhood, pretty bougie. Like they're giving out good candy, okay? (laughs) 
We all know those neighborhoods. Oh yeah. I mean, do you remember traveling to those oh, neighborhoods? Yes. Because we live we lived in the poor neighborhoods. Yes. So oh, we yeah. would travel to the nice neighborhoods. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this was one of the neighborhoods we'd be traveling to. <laughs> so uh, it's 1974, Halloween night comes, and Ronald, he gets home from work. He loads up the kids with his wife, and they took the kids over to gyms. Now, the weather this Halloween, as we all know all too well, can happen. It's cold. It's rainy. It's not what they want. It's such a bummer, too. It's like you wait all year for Halloween in this one night, and then it's, like, raining. Like, I've had those years. So I'm sure you have, too. <laughs> yeah. Now, because it was cold and rainy, though, they only ended up going two streets. So they didn't even go trick-or-treating long. They did two streets, and they're like, we got to go back. We're done. Uh, but they, as they were going around the two streets, they came onto one house. They ring and they knocked. No one answers. So the kids finally walk away. And they walk away with Jim, one of the other dads. But Timothy O'Brien's dad, Ronald, he stays behind. And everyone's walking along. Well, they're like, where's Ronald? They notice he's missing. Ronald comes running up behind them and he's like, hey, guys. He's waving like these giant pixie sticks in his hands. <laughs> And he t they're like, where did you get these pixie sticks? And he's like, oh, I just kept knocking at that house that no one answered. He's like, I just kept knocking. And a man came to the door and just gave me a bunch of them. And, you know, we just like chatted and that was it. So like giant pixie sticks. <laughs> Wasn't pixie sticks like your favorite Oh candy my gosh, too? yes. Pixie oh, sticks. I remember that. Oh, I loved them. They're not, they don't seem to be as big now, but. Point. They were huge like i was in marching yes. band and our big thing was we, we would load up on pixie sticks and take them to our marching band competitions and that oh was like our high <laughs> uh, another reason why band kids are so so nerdy <laughs> no, i'm kidding we did the same thing me and i remember me and my girlfriend in high school literally just ate pixie sticks all the time and we were in band yeah so <laughs> that was us <laughs> Um, so he gets like all of these giant pixie sticks. He hands one out to all of the kids. So he ends up handing them out to his daughter, his own son, um, the two of his friend's kids. So his friend Jim has two kids, gives both of them one. He even ends up um, running into another kid. And it's some kid that recognized him that knew him from church because Ronald was a deacon at church. Okay. So we've got five pixie sticks out there now. <laughs> So the night wraps up, the kids all go home. Back at home, Timmy, he's like, he obviously he wanted to eat his Halloween candy. People gonna be and, people gonna be seeing some hat man after eating these uh, pixie sticks. Oh girl, <laughs> if only that's what they were uh. seeing. So dad, the dad suggests, he's like, oh, you want your Halloween candy? Well, like, let me get you your pixie stick. So Timmy um, starts eating his pixie stick, he's loving it. But he says to his dad, he's like, it like it tastes weird. And the dad's like, oh, like that's what like let me get you some Kool-Aid, kid. <laughs> so he goes, he gets him some Kool-Aid to help wash it down. After Timmy, after like pretty pretty quick, Timmy was like, I do not feel good. And pretty quickly he ended up vomiting. Ran to the bathroom, he's vomiting. Shortly after that, he then begins convulsing in his father's arms. Which, like, ugh, as a parent, I just, that freaks me out. That just terror. Um, so, Timmy was rushed to the hospital. Obviously, they called the ambulance immediately. But unfortunately, it was too late. Um, he had passed away um, just an hour after eating the pixie oh. stick. 
Um, yeah, the night of Halloween. Oh, no. Yeah, and so when the doctors pumped his stomach, they found 16 milligrams of cyanide in his stomach. Oh. Yeah. So for reference, it only takes 0.3. It takes 0.3 to kill an adult. And they found 16 milligrams in his stomach. Oh, wow. um, and I also, I'll tell you, I did a lot of research a little bit about like cyanide. It like looks like sugar and like you have to have a specific genetic trait to even be able to spell it, which I thought was really interesting. Like most people can't even smell it at all. So it's odorless and it looks like sugar. It reminds me of the book Flowers in the Attic. And they also made a movie oh. adaptation of it. But the mother was poisoning her children with cyanide by sprinkling yes. on top of the cookies. And they thought it was powdered sugar. Yes. Oh my gosh. Sidebar. Just watched that movie for the first time relatively recently. Uh, and that was the most messed up movie I've oh, ever seen. It was one of my favorite. Like, I loved V.C. Andrews Ugh. growing up. And those were my favorite books. But that, yeah, it's it was terrifying. That was like next level. Like, what is this? Yeah. That, was, that, was, that was a wild ride. Oh, the books for are, sure. <laughs> are something else. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'll, I'll stick to my Fear Street by R.L. Stein okay. and Goose. Bumps. Thank you. <laughs> That's about as wild as I get with my reading. Okay. So, but yeah, I mean, they found, I mean, a huge amount of cyanide. Um, but police, obviously, they immediately go to questioning. And of course, they're going to start with the parents. And anytime they would try with Ronald, he would like kind of act weird. He's a, he'd excuse himself. Um, and he started talking a lot about how scared he and his wife were wherever to take their daughter out trick-or-treating, which is pretty normal. Like, that's not super weird. I would kind of expect that, but still just a little weird behavior. And Detective Bill Lanier, so he rushed out immediately. He's like, you know what? We don't have time to, and thankfully, he's like, we don't have time to really question everyone right now. Immediately, we need, we need to rush out, figure out where this candy's at so that we can get it back from all the kids before anyone else eats it. So as they're like running throughout the neighborhood, they're collecting, they're, they're literally banging on doors, like telling people, throw away your children's candy, all of it. Mm. Um, so fear naturally spread throughout the whole town, like wildfire. They were like, okay, well, specifically these pixie sticks, we need to get rid of them. So again, we have one with Elizabeth, Timmy's other daughter, other, his sister, Ronald's daughter. Uh, two more were with Jim's kids, and then one, the last one, was with that church kid. So they actually ended up getting them all back, but the church kid ended up falling asleep with the pixie stick clenched in his hands because he couldn't get it open. He was trying to open it, he couldn't get it open, and he ended up falling asleep oh. with it in his hands. Oh, man. Oh, doesn't that, like, that gave me chills when I read that, because, like, think god for that you know how did um like the pixie sticks were they did the person like just reseal them is that mm -hmm. well do you remember the how hard those things were to get open yeah so yeah they must have done a good job at resealing them or stapling them i kind of have a faint recollection of them being stapled the big ones yes I the massive like right. ones the big that's ones that's what it is were. yeah oh that's scary right <laughs> Ugh, who god. does that so they ended up finally collecting all of the pixie sticks though, and it was just those five. And all of the sticks that they tested, they had, all five of them had two inches of cyanide placed on top. Oh. Uh, two inches. Wow. Yeah. 
So the police start questioning Ronald and the parents again, and immediately they go to Ronald because Ronald was the one who got the pixie sticks from a house. And they're like, dude, where did you, what house? Like, just show us what house you went to. And he's like, oh, I don't know which house. And they're like, you only went two blocks. So finally he ended up pointing one out and he's like, oh, okay, I think I'm like pretty sure it's this house. When they asked him about the owner, they're like, okay, like, what did he look like? Ronald's like, I, well, I only saw the guy's arm and I know it was hairy. And it's like, okay, so you just, you were having a conversation with a man and took pixie sticks with him, but you only ever saw his arm. Okay. Got it. Like, I'm just imagining that is super weird. Is he an ape man? What's <laughs> exactly. Happening? A guy, a guy in the ape man costume. Yes, and you're just talking again. You're just talking to his arm. <laughs> like what? <laughs> um, but but so they did. They were like, okay, well, if you say it's this house, like let's talk to who owns the house. They end up finding out who owned the home, um, and the man who owned the home actually had a fantastic alibi he was literally at work all night and cameras proved that so he had a solid alibi he was not at home that night he did not give out the pixie sticks Mm. Um, which is also pretty crazy that like i think about this all the time but like robert accused him of doing this that accusation could and accusations could change someone's life in a second I don't know about you, but, like, that's terrifying to think about. I would sue. Yeah, like, but if this guy didn't have an an airtight alibi, he could have ended up going to court or whatever. Oh, you're right, yeah. Like, what if he was just like, oh, no, I was in bed sleeping. Sleeping. mm -hmm. Yep. Freaky. That stuff freaks me out. That could happen to anyone. That is scary. So after the investigators, they're still like, okay, we literally need to figure out where do these pixie sticks come from? Like, what we got to figure it out. And after digging into, they, they wanted to do a little bit more digging into Ronald. And after they did, uh, they found that Ronald, the father of Timothy, they found out his financial life was very unstable. They found out that he had secretly sold their home to cover $100,000 in debt, which like, I don't know how you secretly sell your home, but like still live in it. I don't know how that works, but that's what it said. Um, But his wife didn't know what kind of trouble they were in. The current job that he was in was the 21st job he had had in 10 years. 10 years. Oh, wow. 21 jobs in 10 years. They suspected him of, his current employer actually suspected him of theft, and they were literally about to fire him and his car was about to be repossessed like he was at financial rock bottom so he poisoned children uh well yeah we'll get to it but just (laughs) before halloween just before halloween he took out a ton several multiple life insurance policies on his own children oh yep and even the day before halloween he called the insurance company to ask how to collect the policy on his children. Oh my gosh, that's awful. Isn't it? I like... like what kind of parent are you that you would even think mm-mm. to do such a thing? Oh my gosh, and his, <sighs> poor, and his poor wife, who didn't know anything about it. I mean, it would be like Dan. It would be like your husband yeah. doing yeah. this to your son and you having no yeah. knowledge of it. And then, like, how do you live with yourself after that? Was Timothy the one that had the pixie stick in his hand? No, that was... No, Timothy was the one that ate it and was like, started vomiting and convulsing. So that was his... Was that his son? Yep, that is his son. His son actually died. His son actually died. Yep. In 1973, his co-worker shared that Ronald called him 
So his coworker, like this is like kind of during the hearing too, his coworker shared that Ronald called him asking him how much cyanide it would take to kill someone. So like, I thought that was interesting because it's very clearly pre-internet that like the only way you're gonna get information is just by asking people. Now you could just Google, how much cyanide does it take to kill someone? <laughs> if you're, I, I think about all yeah. the weird, morbid questions <laughs> I even Google. And if I like wanted an answer, just like asking people all the weird questions yeah. I Google. Just so, so yeah, he like asked his friend like, how much cyanide do you think it would take to kill someone? And then also, where do you get cyanide? <laughs> right. Well, they they did uh, find that, and I can't. I don't have this in my writing here, but I do recall he had to drive a ways out to get a get cyanide. But it was weird. They only sold it in like five pounds, so he could buy a five pound bag bag of cyanide. And he was like, I don't need that much. And he, I think he ended up getting it from like a friend or something weird or like where he worked. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, right? Like, where, where are we just like selling cyanide at Walmart now? I don't know. <laughs> they bring him in, and like detectives are pushing on Robert, uh, but he—they're like, "Tell us, we we have all of these clues and all this information that says you killed his son." He still won't admit to it. Um, the detective said for him to just to admit what you did, and like they kept pushing, and they're like, "Just admit what you did." And Ronald says, "Tell you what." As if he's just totally, totally naive. So he ended up uh. going to his grave denying that he killed them. Or t- denying that he killed his son. And they ended up going after him in court for murder and attempted murder because of all of the other kids as well. When his trial kicked off, his friends on under oath talked about Robert's obsession over cyanide. He would often ask how much poison it would take to kill someone in the workplace. He also told his sister-in-law that he was going to use the insurance money for a vacation when he, when he got insurance money, whatever insurance money he was falling into. And then his wife said, uh, Timmy didn't ask for the pixie stick. Ronald pushed him to eat it, which is even just more, I like, he didn't even, wow. yeah. He didn't just give him the pixie stick. He was like, no, Timmy, eat this. And then gave him that Kool-Aid to help push it down and like forced him. Oh. Oh my him. gosh. <laughs> yeah. Just to get money. It's so disturbing. So this made international news and Robert ended up being dubbed the Candyman. Um, he, oh. Yes, right? Uh, he was sentenced to death by electric chair after just 45 minutes of deliberating, which is like no time at all. Wow. And to they, so they, they sent, he, did he get the lecture within 45 minutes? No, they sentenced oh, him within 45 minutes. Yes. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so it wasn't until 1984 that he was executed. So we've got a okay. handful of years later. Um, but his final words before execution, what is about to happen is wrong. And I have long dying love for my family. Which is like, yeah, exactly. It's like, we, you clearly did this, bud. His wife long had divorced him by the time he was executed, and his daughter was still alive, but like, hasta vista, she's not hanging out with you. Wow. Yeah. So in the decades since this, rumors that we kind of talked about in the beginning have terrified parents of kids eating poison candy because of this. This was like the first one of its kind. Uh, okay. And according to Snopes, sort of the, the fact-checking website of our day and age, uh, they there has never been a case of a kid being poisoned and killed by Halloween candy. Really? Mm-hmm. 
Sure enough. Um, and there are some things like there was another case like uh, this kid Kevin, and this is what they all are. This is the, this is this is what it is. All of the ones on record are like this. But there's another example of this kid Kevin. He's five years old. He falls into a coma and dies after eating his Halloween candy. When they, they ended up finding heroin in his system and they found heroin sprinkled or like on the candy that he was eating. So the heroin in his system and around the candy he's eating. So everyone's terrified. Well, they ended up investigating it and they found out that he, the little boy, the five-year-old ended up getting into his uncle's private heroin stash. Cause every uncle, oh. yeah, gets into that. <laughs> and ends up, um, gets into it, ends up dying. And then in order to cover it up, to protect the uncle, the rest of the family took some of it and sprinkled it on the candy. So the detectives would think that it, that's where it came from. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's like, if you look into it, it's a bunch of that. It's a lot of like kids dying at the hands of their family, honestly. Okay, but there's been cases of people finding razor blades and stuff like that in candy and stuff. Has there? I would... I thought so. Okay, so this is Fox News, even. Let's see. World's leading researcher on can candy tampering. <laughs> the world's... This is Fox News. The world's <laughs> leading researcher on candy tampering. Who would have known that that was a job? Joel Best. <laughs> Uh, has found little evidence to su substantiate Halloween candy fears. He says, my research stretches back to 1958 and I have been unable to find any evidence that any child has been killed or seriously injured by a contaminated treat picked up in the course of trick-or-treating. This includes the razor blade and the apple idea um, or wow. yeah, crazy. Or any Halloween candy tampering. That's crazy because I... <laughs> Every year, I always hear, watch out, there's been people that have been putting razor blades or, well, I did find the needles. I saw those with my own eyes at the store, like I said, which was crazy in itself. But in Halloween candy, I don't know, but you, I, I have heard, like, but I guess they're rumors? I don't know. <laughs> That's, and then this goes on, okay, it says, um, reports of tampered candy and close calls has come up in recent years, but luckily none have resulted in serious injuries. So it does say in 2018, an 11-year-old was charged in North Carolina for putting sewing needles in Halloween candy, which were distributed to trick-or-treaters and injured at least one child, which hmm. is it's the 11-year-old who put it in. That's interesting. That same year, a couple from Oregon reportedly consumed meth-laced gummy candies that they obtained from their children's Halloween bags, according to a press That's release. That's what it was. Yeah, okay. Other police departments throughout the country have issued warnings about intentional or accidental distributions of drug-laced candy. Ecstasy and THC uh, appear to be common, or appear to be the most common of them. While there are no records of, again, it, it, this is how the article closes, again, while there are no records of a child being seriously harmed by razor-filled or drug-laced candies during Halloween, law enforcement and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration strongly urge that all candy be inspected as a preventative measure. Case closed. Huh. Yeah, there, um, the past couple years, there was a thing going around about Skittles, and how you oh. had to be careful with Skittles because was it, uh, uh, what is it that they can make them look like? They make them look like some, some drug. It wasn't fent. I hope it wasn't fentanyl. I don't know. It was something. Skittles look I'm sure like if you, go yeah, Google it. What? See, this is what I mean. This is right, right now I'm about to Google what drug do Skittles <laughs> look like? And, or what drugs can Skittles replicate? 
Wait, like, yeah. if before the internet, I would just have to ask my buddy Joe at work, hey, hey, Joe, <laughs> do, do I'm know? just wondering, <laughs> do you know what drug you could, <laughs> Skittles could replicate? I'm just curious. <laughs> just, You're right. <laughs> man, what a weird time to look like. Uh, Skittles and rainbow, fentanyl pills. Yep. Okay, right. it was fentanyl. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep, you're right. So they were given a warning to be leery of, of that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Jeez. But it's just, it's also, this is just, again, such a reminder of like, do your own research. Always do your own research. Yes. Like, I hate to say that. I mean, I, I love just taking, I, I'm, I, I do it too. You know, it took me till I'm 32 years old to hear no kid has ever died from razor blades or, <laughs> can, you know, candy and stuff like this. But we just, we tend to believe things that we hear, especially if it's been repeated by so many people. But when you actually do your research, it's like, oh man, this actually that's just it is. isn't true. Yeah, that's what it is too, because... Like you said, people that you trust and you mm -hmm. hear, like they say, this has been happening in our neighborhood. And totally. We we heard such such and such found something in their their bag, and I don't know. And I guess it's not true. I yeah. don't know. It's just but, yeah. You should be more leery of. I mean, if this teaches us anything, you should be more leery of the people you live in your house with. Not. But I'm just saying, more yeah. more horrors come from that place than they do from the outside. But, on another note, if it puts your mind at ease, then by all means, get out that metal detector and <laughs> swoop, swoop over that candy. No, we're not stopping ya. We're just educating ya. Okay? <laughs> uh, but that's it. That's the story. Oh, that was a good one. That was creepy. Definitely right? creepy. And just, yeah, we just learned a little bit more about the, the history of the Halloween that we know today. Yeah. Thank you for, for sharing that. You're welcome. <laughs> check, your, check your phone real quick and see the pictures I say. <laughs> oh, are these... So, are these the old <laughs> Halloween costumes? Yes, for like the early 1900s. Yes. <laughs> I have seen these and these are terrifying. Like, why do we not have children running around in these creepy Halloween costumes anymore? Oh, well, number one, I can tell you, because they're pretty racist. I mean, that's, I think we can I think we can point out that one right, real quick. I think we got one. Yes, uh, he's a clown, yes, but he one. looks like a KKK member. Um, we've also got a... Even, we've got a witch with, like, an Asian mask, but the Asian mask is, like, <laughs> she's a white girl under there, and she's wearing a mask that looks like an Asian. And, and then, then we've the got... the two, the black face, is the that what it is? three yeah. black faces oh, three with, like, them, yeah. the, the, they've got, like, just very racist hair and, like, you know, just, <laughs> okay. like... Okay, oh. well, maybe not those costumes, but... <laughs> yeah, why don't you... Why don't you start with Bailey? Why don't you give him one of these costumes? See how well it's that okay. goes over in the neighborhood. <laughs> Let it be this year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness. No, people, please don't. We are not encouraging no. you. <laughs> no, there were... there The other ones I sent you, though, were pretty crazy. <laughs> the other like one is, him. like, we've got this weird couple with, like... I rat heads on their heads. I don't, like, know. I don't even know. Oh my gosh, that's creepy. You're right though. Yeah. Like even all of these, if you just take a step back, these these costumes are way more terrifying than anything we do now. <laughs> they are. <laughs> we that should be like our theme. Aside from the racist ones, we should pick out 
We should pick out early 1900 costumes and dress up in them one year. I love that idea, actually. Yeah. And I actually, be... I think that would be terrifying. It would be. If we did it right, that would be terrifying. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. It's a great idea. <laughs> Future note mm-hmm. for Halloween. All right. Do you have anything else to add to our lovely pod people out there before we go off? Sure don't, but as always, it's a great time to be here. It is, and we appreciate all of our lovely pod listeners. Uh, If you could please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, drop us some stars on Spotify, and have a spooky, safe, and happy Halloween. And we'll see you next time on The Universe Unhinged. I'm Chris. And I'm Liz. Later, pod people. Bye.